Hello and welcome back to It's Super Important, the podcast about literary-inspired web series. I'm Zoe. And I'm Jules. And this week we will be talking about episodes 36 through 47 of Project Green Gables Season 1. Now here's the thing about this episode is that it's going to be a little bit weird for two reasons. Uh, one is because we recorded this last week and then discovered that our audio was not recording the whole time. Uh, so that was a thing. Yeah. So we spent like a whole hour talking and then realized we didn't have it recorded. Yep. So, um, we're hoping to like replicate the good things we said, but we also have another reason this will be weird. We're, we might be a little bit loopy. Because uh, we, like, literally just heard the news that Donald Trump is no longer going to be our president. So, like, that is fantastic. Yeah. Like, uh, big, exciting stuff. And it's also just been a weird week. We've had, like, oh, yeah. four days of Tuesday. SEL became canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been kind of losing it for several days. So I think this yeah. is going to be a wild time. Yeah. But let's just <laughs> jump into it. Yeah. Uh, episode 36 is called Thoughts on Growing Up. It's one of those videos where Anne is, like, filming stuff and talking over it. Uh, she is talking about how much she loves the springtime over, like, footage and talking about how it distracts her from school. Uh, then she says that she noticed there was one time when she was walking with Diana and had, like, a nice thought about nature, but she noticed that she didn't say anything. Yeah, she says that her babbling thoughts no longer demand to be expressed like they used to, um, which is, like, a little bit bittersweet, I feel. Yeah. Um, because it's nice to see Anne growing up, but mm -hmm. change is always a little bit bittersweet. Yeah, though she does say she hasn't really stopped being a blabbermouth because she still talks a lot to Matthew, who is very receptive to it, which is nice. Yeah. Exactly. She says Matthew knows how to listen. Episode 37 is called Exciting News. Uh, Anne comes on screen. She is in her room wearing her dress and her heels, and she complains about the heels. Yes. Uh, and announces that she got into the Queen's College prep course. Uh, she had told Marilla, Marilla told everyone, and now there's a party going on downstairs. Yes. Um, everyone from their class got in, and she is tied first with Blythe. Yeah, she just calls him Blythe, not yes. Gilbert, which is very good. <laughs> very good. Uh, so, Ruby, Jane, Charlie, and, like, Emo Spurgeon, they all got in. <laughs> yes. Uh, Anne starts thinking about, like, what her next goal is, like, applying for colleges and stuff like that, and then she has a sudden existential crisis, which is very good. Yes. The text just pops up on screen. <laughs> That was really good. Episode 38 is called I Love My Friends. Uh, we, it's kind of a montage episode. We have Anne reading her poetry somewhere. The, the description says that she is reading in the White Sand Hotel's open mic. Um, and that is kind of interspersed with clips of her hanging out with Ruby, Diana, and Jane kind of getting ready for the open mic. It's all very cute. Yeah. Uh, I saw I saw a post on Tumblr that was like, Anne's Avonlea friends are boring. And it's like, they are in the book, but you can make them interesting. Yeah, this series definitely makes them interesting. I think the disappointing thing is that most ad adaptations ignore her Redmond friends. Who yes. Are more interesting, like inherently. But yeah. if you work at it, these friends are interesting too. Yeah, and we, in yeah. this series we get both, so that's great. Exactly. We we get the best of, not all the worlds, but, you both know. Both worlds. Both worlds, and also book two, which no one else ever adapts, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anne is reading the same poem she read about at the Christmas concert, the one kind of about home, and when she finishes her poem, someone in the audience, a boy, stands up for a standing ovation. Uh-huh. And Charlie pulls him down, back down, and you realize, oh, hey, that was Gilbert. Yeah. We have now seen the back of Gilbert Blythe's head. Yes. So we've, we've gotten two impressions of him so far. One was his yeah. voice, one was the back of his head. Which I think makes sense. Like, Anne would want to include the footage of people clapping for her. Yeah. Um, and she would also, like, want to... I, I'm still not quite sure why she put the clip of her 
getting picked up by Gilbert in the video? Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think, like, we have to suspend our disbelief at some point. Yeah. And it yeah. might be there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, I think, I know, I'm, we'll talk about this more later, but a lot of people really wanted, like, a Gilbert face reveal in this season, and I'm just so glad we didn't get one. Yeah. Um, but I'm also really glad that we get a glimpse of him in this episode because it's an indication that Anne is more comfortable, like, showing him yeah. as just a person who casually exists in her life rather than, like, her nemesis who she refuses to address. Yeah, definitely. Uh, episode 39 is called Third Poetry Club. I think this is the last poetry club. I don't think they do it in season two. I don't think they do either. Which is sad. It was a nice yeah. thing, but but also it's. I yeah. feel like it's a lot of transmedia work. Yeah, it definitely um, was. So for this, yeah. So for this uh, poetry club, we have Anne, Jane, and Diana. They say that Ruby's heart is so full of love she couldn't be bothered to show up. Yes. So obviously she is off somewhere with someone. Diana reads the poem that she wrote first. Uh, she says, it, one line that stood out to me was, in time I will find someone else to hold and you will find someone who won't leave you as cold. Yeah, Which it's is, very indicative of her relationship with Anne. Yeah, definitely. Anne's poem is kind of like free-flowing and doesn't really have a form. Uh, basically the sum up of it is her talking about love and uh, saying like, is it spring or romance that makes her feel weak? Yeah. And so not to like harp on this or anything, but people in the comments were saying things like, I wonder if she's having second thoughts about a certain someone. No. And it's like, no, we're not there yet. Stop trying to make this happen. She doesn't when even this realize, is, she doesn't even realize she loves Gilbert until the end of book three. We are not yeah, there yet. Like, like, how dare you try to make that be a thing right now when, like, they'd already said they were making more. They'd already said it wasn't just going to be one season. And, yeah. like, especially considering, like, the, the Anne-Diana reveal I guess it's a reveal, is in the next episode. Like, this is so clearly about Diana. It's so clearly not about Gilbert. And it's just very frustrating that people tried to make it be about him. Uh, Jane's poem is... Uh, I We kind of tried to examine the poems a little bit more this time, try to figure out what they mean. Because um, we didn't really do that last time. <laughs> yeah, we were very uh, bad at doing our literary analysis last week. Or yeah. two weeks ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jane's poem is about kind of like looking up at the stars and wishing you could be among them, but then being happy where you are. Anne reads a poem, a submitted poem called Adventure, and it's very Anne. It's so Anne. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I think Jane says, like, I think we found your long lost twin. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Anne starts talking about how she wants to go on an adventure and Jane and Diana are like, to where? Uh, <laughs> and she's like, look, we could, like, go have a picnic in the woods. We could, like, she didn't say frolic in the fields, but that's what I wrote in my notes. Like, she has ideas of, like, adventures they could do just in the nature around them. Jane reads a poem called I Do Try. Um, this was a kind of interesting one. It was about, like, trying to be a good person, but, like... With the person you love, it's difficult, is that, I guess? Yeah, I think so. The The last line was, I am a good person whose mouth turns sour at the thought of you never mentioning me to your therapist, which was, like, weirdly bitter. Um, like, this desire for being, to be noticed, um, or, like, to be significant somehow diana reads a poem called weaponized femininity and all that and it's kind of about uh being comfortable not wearing makeup when you're in a relationship with someone and then when you're when you break up you start kind of start wearing makeup again yeah it's it's interesting it's an interesting one yeah 
and then at the very end, Anne says that she will do a Q&A next week. So yes. submit questions. Episode 40 is called Just Thought You Should Know. Uh, Anne and Diana are doing a Q&A together. Uh, yes, they, they are. They are drinking raspberry juice again, but this time it means something. Yes. Uh, Diana, when asked about their Hogwarts houses, Diana says she's a Hufflepuff, and then Anne's like, I got Ravenclaw on the test. Like, Anne doesn't care about Harry Potter that much, and I love that. Yes. Uh, someone asks if they now have matching, anything matching, and, uh, they show off their matching hair bows. Very cute. And then finally, Diana reads a Tumblr ask, uh, where someone asks, So, Anne, when are you going to confess your undying love for Diana? Now I'm curious. Was this a this this probably was not a real ask she got? Probably not, but it also could have been. Yeah, because like, it makes sense. like you know, I was picking up on some hints. I just didn't yeah. think it was that likely they'd be real, but like I thought it was possible, mm-hmm. considering how the rest of the show had been going and. So there could have been someone who actually said them that ask. But yeah. regardless, they were already going to be doing this. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. Um. So Diana then says, well, you know what they say. You're not really best friends until someone mistakes you for gay lovers. And <laughs> as she's Anne, saying that, Anne is looking very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> And then Anne just kind of starts babbling. She starts talking about how uh, she thinks that she might have a thing, a feeling for Diana, but uh, she could be confusing her platonic attachment with Diana for romance. And she's like, so like talking a, a ton. And then Diana just kind of stops and calms her down, says that she loves her as a friend and they hug it out. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then in the description, well, not in the description, in the video, and says that she's probably not going to upload the video anyways, but then she did. Yeah. She decided that she was, this is something she was okay with people knowing, which is really great. Yeah. I just, I I think we're maybe like a little bit muted because we've just had a, such a weird week, but like this was such an exciting moment. Um, mm-hmm. We've spent a lot of time connecting the gay and dots and they're now canon. Um, yeah. And that's a really exciting thing. Mm-hmm, definitely. But the happiness only lasts for so long. Yep. Uh, episode 41 is called Well Then. Uh, and first of all, says that she wants to thank everyone for their her encouraging messages. And there were encouraging messages on the last video. Like all the comments were very like happy for Anne. It was nice to see. Yeah, they were all really positive. Especially because, okay, I brought this up last time we recorded this, but um, I was thinking back to Green Gables Fables, which was airing around the, se- the season two was airing around the same time as this season one. And uh, when it was revealed in that show that Philippa had feelings for a girl, the comments were not encouraging. <laughs> no, they were not. I think that that shows very interesting because like the creators realized when they were making season two that their season one had been very white and very straight and they set out to change that Mm -hmm. and i think they did a good job but the audience was just not having it yeah whereas with this one it was very diverse from the beginning Mm -hmm. and no one ever had an issue with any of it yeah and so maybe it's that it was from the beginning Maybe it's that it started a year later and things had already progressed enough and people just don't like change, but maybe it's that it was a smaller audience, but yeah. Uh, Anne says, I don't consider my queerness to be the most relevant or interesting thing about me. I wouldn't even have to come out of a closet if it wasn't built around me by people who assumed me to be straight in the first place, which I like a lot. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes um, from this show. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Anne says that she loves Diana so much she is not going to throw away her friendship with Diana over a little crush, especially because Diana does not feel the same way. Yeah, and Anne always really values friendship more than romantic love. Yeah. Even if she, like, has romantic ideals, friendship mm-hmm. is still her main thing. Yeah. So, yeah. 
But now we get to the bad news. Uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. Barry, Diana's mother, has been watching Anne's videos, and she has told Diana not to text Anne anymore or hang out with her for her own good. And says it's because she might catch the gay if I sneeze on her. Mm. Uh, Anne says suddenly Avonlea doesn't seem so warm and cozy anymore. Which is so sad, but the good thing is that Marilla is on her side. Yeah, Marilla Um, knows now, um, but she tried to talk to Mrs. Barry, but couldn't talk sense into her. Yeah, so I actually went back and refreshed my memory about this bit in the book, um, because obviously it's very different. Um, Mm -hmm. If if you don't know, listeners, um, what happens is Anne serves Diana what she thinks is raspberry cordial, and it's actually wine, and Diana drinks, like, four glasses of wine and goes home very drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, And her mom blames Anne, and they can't speak to each other for, like, months. Um, And it actually happens a lot earlier in the story. They just moved it later because it made more sense for their adaptation. Um, Mm -hmm. But I couldn't quite remember, like, how it if it was Anne's fault or not. Um, Like, it is... Obviously, Diana getting that drunk as, like, a 14-year-old or whatever she is in the book at that point is a bad thing. Um, But I think, like, the reason Marilla is so on Anne's side in the book is that Anne genuinely didn't know that it wasn't... Yeah. raspberry cordial because she'd never tasted either one and she gave all of it to diana because she was trying to be a good host um yeah. and so marilla actually kind of blamed diana for like being greedy which is hmm. interesting um i'm glad that like we didn't get anything like that in this yeah. version of things but um yeah it was like Marilla was very, very clearly on Anne's side, and I'm really glad that they kept that, um, even when the whole situation is so different. Yeah, and a major difference here is that, like, what happened in the book was a mistake on Anne's part. Like, she yeah. messed up. She, uh, it, was, it, it wasn't, like, it wasn't completely her fault, but, like... But it was did. a mistake. Yeah, whereas here, it's really not a mistake at all. No, it's it it's a deliberate choice she makes both to tell Diana and to put it on the internet. Yeah. It makes it like it makes this whole thing like feel more hopeless, I guess. Yeah. Cause like in the book, um, I guess at this when you're like at this point you're like, Anne can make this up to Mrs. Barry eventually somehow. Whereas here it's like, can Anne like change Mrs. Barry's bigoted views, you know? Yeah. Which is much harder. And Anne ends the episode by saying this might be it about her friendship with Diana, which is very sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, episode 42 is called A Letter to Avonlea. Uh, Anne, Jane, and Ruby are now in, at uh, Queen's College, uh, and they are filming the city that this is in. Hang on, I want to look up where the, what city that is. It's in Kingston, Ontario, it seems like. Okay, so that's where they're pretending to be. I don't know yeah. where they actually filmed, but it's very pretty. Anne is talking over her footage of the city about how the city is different uh, from the countryside. Uh, she says that she cried a little bit when she was going to leave, but that there was a party uh, to celebrate the three weeks, and that made her feel a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, we... Uh, cut to Anne, Jane, and Ruby are stopping by a literature building, which has a little chalk outline of a heart on it, which is very cute. Yes. Um, and then Jane says that this literature building is haunted. Uh, Anne interprets the ghost story as a love story. Anne starts making up all this stuff about how uh, the ghost is a janitor who was in love with the principal and they couldn't be together through because of class differences and he threw himself down the elevator shaft. Yes. Uh, very, very dramatic. Yeah. And then Ruby says, like, she's getting upset because of it. And she's like, can you tell me that he was at least in one hot piece? <laughs> Which is... Uh, Ruby. What? 
Ruby, why? Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, there's a bit where they're uh, walking through the streets and talking about how Ruby is probably going to get married one day. Ruby is not sure. And they all start talking about how they believe in each other, which is very sweet. Um, Anne starts showing off the geometry building, which is her favorite building on campus, despite the fact that she does not like geometry. Uh, But that it helps to have such a beautiful building to do it in. Uh, She says it's a comfort to have her friends with her, uh, but the only... Friend, person from Avonlea she has a class with is Gilbert, unfortunately. And, but he's a reminder not to let her game drop, so it's okay. Yes. Um, she also does say that she's seen some girls who stench of friendship material, <laughs> which is such a funny choice of words. Um, she says she doesn't think she believes in love at first sight, even though she wants to. Um, but she does believe in friendship at first sight, and she's hoping that she'll get that with some of these new people. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, we cut to later. Uh, Anne, Jane, and Ruby are at like a cafe in a mall or something. And uh, Jane says that Ruby has been named the prettiest girl on campus. But Ruby says that she heard Frank Stockley tell someone he thinks Anne is cute. And Anne's like, I thought Frank was going out with Josie. And (laughs) Ruby's like, she (laughs) wishes. Yes. Um, Jane asks Ruby, are you actually going out with Gilbert Blythe? Uh, Ruby says, no, they're just hanging out. Uh, Since it was pretty clear Anne had no need for him anymore, I figured I'd go for it. Which is... Yeah, I love I love Ruby and Jane and Diana, but like, stop bugging Anne about Gilbert. Seriously. Yeah, please. I think one great thing about season two is the lack of that. <laughs> uh, Ruby says that she actually likes Frank more. And Jane is like, we must be boring you, though. And after all, you don't even like guys. And Anne says, well, I I like girls, but that don't necessarily not like guys. Jane asks if Anne's bi, and Anne just wants to like who she likes and not discuss it with anyone. Which I think is interesting, because I feel like it fits with Jane's character to uh, be very practical about things and want to put labels on things. And so her immediate assumption is like, oh, Anne identifies as bi now. Whereas Anne is very much like, uh, it's not even like all girls, it's just one girl so far. So like... Who knows how I'm going to identify, like, who, like, who knows, like, how I identify and does it even matter? Which I feel like, the, okay, there's a lot of situations on, like, television where people are like, I don't like labels, which is annoying. But here I feel like it fits. I think, like, eventually by season three, she does settle on some labels that she likes and feels good about. Mm-hmm. But... I like that this show didn't try to make her do that now yeah. because that's, yeah, just not something that she finds important at this point mm-hmm. in time. And she doesn't have to. Uh, Ruby says that Anne just needs to say the word and she'll switch to Frank in a heartbeat. But Anne says her main focus is on studying. She needs the college scholarship. I have a question, Zoe. You went back and read the book a bit. Are Anne's friends like this about Gilbert in the book? I think to an extent they are. Um, Okay. Like more so later, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, by this point in time, they are like teenagers where before they were children. So there's at least some of it. But it definitely doesn't become as much of a thing that people are like continually pestering her about until a little bit later. Uh, episode 43 is called A Letter to Avonlea 2. Anne is in a different cafe, a very pretty cafe. I thought this was a... I want to go to this cafe. Yes. Uh, and she introduces us to two new characters, uh, Stella and Priscilla. Anne says that Priscilla has... Uh, that Priscilla is um, going to be applying to Redmond College, or is it university? I don't know. And she also know. has an obsession with Charlie Sloan. Yes. Uh, whereas Priscilla says, no, he just, I'm not obsessed with him like that. He just fascinates me. He's the most ridiculous person I've ever met. (laughs) He's like a walking meme. (laughs) Which is a great description of a person. (laughs) Yes, I love it. 
Uh, Stella introduces herself uh, as someone who likes poems and writing and her favorite subject is English. And it's like, okay, Anne, I see why you're friends of her. Uh, yes. Priscilla brings up how like her, what colleges she's applying to isn't really relevant and says uh, to Stella, Stella, she doesn't really love me. She just wants college advice. Yes. <laughs> um, Stella is more subtle about her emotions than other people. And Priscilla's like, subtlety, that's a word I heard once. Yes. Uh, off screen, Gilbert and Charlie show up at the cafe. Uh, Priscilla, who I guess has heard the story of what happened by this point, says, what is Gilbert supposed to do except apologize? Which, like, I guess from her perspective, that is, like, the only thing that he has left to do. Because, like, she, like, I, like, no, like, everyone except for Anne is, like, why can't he just apologize? And it's like, I do understand why that's not good enough. Yeah. I think, like, as I maybe said before, like, from a, like, as a fictional character, he's sort of redeemed himself at this point, but as a person in Anne's life, he hasn't. Yeah. And also, like, quite apart from the bad things he said when they first met, they're like school rivals now, and mm -hmm. she's not that inclined to like jump to be friends with her school rival when they had a bad, when she had a bad experience with him their first yeah. like week of knowing each other. So mm -hmm. I think it's still totally reasonable of Anne to not want to yeah. talk to Gilbert. Uh, we cut to later, Anne is filming Stella and Priscilla. Anne describes Stella as being quiet and shy, Anne calls her the Rosebud Girl. Meanwhile, Priscilla is full of wit and irony and fun. Yes. So uh, I, this is something that I actually checked the book for. Um, I had thought that Stella didn't appear until the third book, but she is actually okay. one of the Queen's people. She just is so minor in both settings. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why we never really see very much of her, but they were accurate in introducing her here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Anne says that next week they're having the final exam, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, episode 44 is called A Letter to Avonlea 3. Anne starts the video. She says that she knows everyone wants to know what happened, but she's telling it in chronological order, damn it. Yes. Uh, you're gonna, just going to have to suck it up or skip to the end. Uh, Anne says that she's really proud of Ruby and Jane for how hard they worked. She says that she went to see Aunt Josephine after the exam, who uh, says that I usually lose interest in people, but um, I'm fond of you, Anne, and you're like a rainbow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so in um, Anne with an E, the Netflix adaptation, Aunt Josephine is in fact a lesbian, canonically. Yeah. And so... This is just, like, a thing with this character. Yeah. Um, like, she either is explicitly the gay one, or she's the one who, like, is, you know, maybe gay and certainly cool with Anne being gay. Yeah, in it's this like, version. in all the books back then, it's like, if you didn't get married, you're gay. <laughs> Yeah, like at the very least, you're you're not a straight person. Yeah, if you didn't like get married, there's a very high likelihood you are not a straight person. Yeah, which is why I'm of the headcanon that Matthew and Marilla are gay and a lesbian, respectively, and that's why they live together. <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, Anne starts talking about how the city is growing on her. Um, we see Anne, Ruby, and Jane talking by a riverside about the exam. Ruby says she doesn't want to go home. She thinks that Avonlea is so tiny. Uh, Jane is stressing about the exams, but Anne is surprisingly calm. Uh, yeah, she says that she feels like she switched bodies with Jane. Mm -hmm. uh, Anne says that she loves how cities are constantly alive, though she still loves the countryside. Uh, yeah, she says that it's like they both have magic, but it's from different places. Um, yeah. there's like a magic you get from nature and then a magic you get from people that's in mm -hmm. the city. And I definitely get where she's coming from with that. Now, to be fair, it's a very pretty city, so I can see it's why a she very feels magic city. there. 
Yeah, it's it's prettier than any city in this country. Um, as, as resident New Yorker, uh, this city is not nearly as pretty as that. Yeah, it's not. And, like, you just really don't have nature in New York, except for, no. like, Central Park, which is not good nature. No. Like, there's a lot of it, but it's just mostly grass. So, yeah. yeah. Anne says that for a moment she felt that anything in the world could be hers, but the next day, Anne is no longer calm. Nope. Uh, she and Jane are going to go get the uh, get the results for the uh, exams. Um, everyone thinks that this girl named Emily Clay, I think, is going to get the um, the Avery scholarship, but then that. Everyone is thinking either Anne, Gilbert, or some guy named Lewis is going to get the gold medal. Anne asks Jane to go check the list for her, and Jane announces that Gilbert got the gold medal, and Anne starts getting upset. Uh, but th- but then Jane says, Anne got the Avery scholarship. Ooh! Uh, and Anne immediately calls Matthew. Uh, you, you can see her talking to Matthew as in voiceover. She says that she is thankful for everything that happened this year, everyone that has taken care of her, everyone that has helped her. And at the end of the phone call, Matthew had said, that's my girl, my girl that I'm proud of. Aww. All right. We got to get to it, Zoe. Here we go. Here we go. Episode 45 is called Hi. Um, the thumbnail is a black rectangle, which is already a bad sign. Yeah. I'm like, um, I, you know, this is coming if you mm-hmm. are familiar with the book, but it's still so hard. Yeah. yeah. Anna's home and she's sad. She says that it's been almost a month since her last video. And that's true. Her last video was in May, I think. And this one is at late June. She says that Matthew is gone. Um, he had a heart attack three weeks ago. Anne had been coming home and saw him looking still and stiff by the post by the mailbox. Uh, Marilla called out from the house if he was all right, but then he collapsed. Anne called nine one one and Mrs. Lind, but they knew that there was nothing to be done. Yeah. Uh, Anne says that she hasn't felt like doing anything. That the funeral was beautiful. Um, she gathered flowers for Matthew. And she says that for a while, she hasn't really been able to cry properly. Personally, I started crying when she talks about uh, waking up in the middle of the night, thinking that she heard his voice. And um, Marilla comes in and holds her and uh, holds her until the morning. Yeah, she says sort of the one good thing about this is that it's brought her and Marilla closer together. Mm -hmm. Um, They're kind of being sad together. And Marilla's been telling stories about, like, her and Matthew when they were kids. Yeah. She says that Matthew was the closest thing she ever had to a father, but that also it was, like, more than that. Um, Mm -hmm. She talks about them being made from the same stardust. Yeah. Because, like, she says he picked her to to like take care of instead like yeah. she wasn't just born to him so he had to take care of her like he picked her and says that marilla has been having money trouble and that they might lose the house so Anne has filed applications to work at high schools around prince edward island to teach younger kids and kids that have fallen behind in their classes yeah and that's that episode 46 is called dull life update Anne is back at school. Isn't it like late June by now? Isn't it? Shouldn't school be over? (sighs) Yeah, I. The timeline is sometimes a little bit off in this show, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Anne says that Marilla is doing all the chores that Matthew used to do, and Anne wants to help, but Marilla isn't asking for help, and Anne doesn't know how to do them by herself how Marilla likes it, so she just can't really help. Yeah. Um, then she says that things have settled into kind of a new normal, and also says that there was a surprising thing where um, Anne was walking home from church youth group, and she ran into Diana's little sister, Minnie Mae, who was wandering around kind of out of it, uh, and Anne could tell that she was drunk. Minnie Mae is 14 years old, so that's 
uh, yeah. not good. It's not. I think it's really interesting that they switched the being drunk from Diana to Minnie Mae. Yeah, because um, in the book, like, Minnie Mae is a very little kid. Yeah, and, she's like three or something. Yeah, and so she she got like an like really sick and and because she knew so much about taking care of children because of her childhood uh in foster homes um and kind of helped Minnie Mae in that kind of time of crisis and yeah she like saves her life from yeah. i think it's croup um yeah which is one of those things that like could kill children if yeah. there wasn't anyone who knew what they were doing um but yeah. Anne knows what she's doing and I think it's really like a a vindication of Anne's like skills and like mm-hmm. competence because she does so many like chaotic, incompetent, reckless things. Yeah. But when it really matters, she is there and she saves yeah. Minnie May. Um yeah. uh Anne took Minnie May back to Diana's. Uh she kind of left her on the doorstep before Mrs. Barry could see her. Um, and also says that she got a tutoring job at White Sands High School, but the bus trip is going to cost her almost half her pay. The only job that could really give her the help she needs is working at Avonlea High, but guess who got the tutoring job there? Um, uh-huh. Gilbert. But Anne says that they'll figure it out somehow, and that's the beginning. Yeah. She says, we'll figure it out surely. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the last episode of the season is episode 47, A Card with No Signature. Anne knocks over a cup in excitement, uh, and we hear laughing from off screen, and it's a very familiar laugh. Yay! Uh, Anne says that there was a basket of muffins on the porch with a card that had no signature, and then announces that Diana is back, and Diana comes back on screen. Yes. Uh, she Diana, is back. Yes. Diana is like, is this going to become a thing where I'm always crouching below the camera and you announce me and I have to come up? <laughs> um, apparently, Mrs. Barry was grateful for Anne helping Minnie Mae home. So uh, she said that Anne and Diana can hang out again. So Mrs. Barry is not necessarily not homophobic anymore. She's just like, oh, Anne's one of the good ones, which is problematic. Yeah, it's very problematic. And I think that, like, matches the book again, where obviously the situations are super different. But, like, in the book, Mrs. Barry is, like, prejudiced against, like, foster kids Mm -hmm. um, or foundlings or, you know, whatever word she Mm -hmm. uses. Um, And she, like accepts Anne like conditionally until she does something that she perceives as as wrong um and then suddenly she can't hang out with Diana anymore and then she does a good thing which is saving her other daughter and it's like oh suddenly she is so wonderful but it's not like she's going to yeah have that attitude to like the next foster kid she meets Mm -hmm. yeah and asks Diana how she is and if she has made any new friends and Diana's like not friends exactly uh so we kind of know what that means uh-huh and Anne's like you've already replaced me with some magical fabulous hetero friends <laughs> which is very good <laughs> it is uh, and then diana asked Anne, how are you feeling about the whole gilbert thing and it's like what are you talking about uh and diana tells her uh that he gave up his position for Anne. he gave up his position at avidly high and had their positions switched, so now uh, she can teach at Avonlea, and he's teaching at White Sands. Yeah, and that's how it ends. Yeah. I think that's really cool and good of Gilbert. It is. And I think, obviously, like, this act on Gilbert's part has nothing to do with, like, his racist microaggressions from when they first met. They're completely different things. But... This is a big enough thing to, like, mm-hmm. prove something about him. Yeah. Like, to to prove that he really sort of means it when he says that he's trying to be better and, like, that he yeah wants to, like, 
like be a good person and mm-hmm. a, a real friend to Anne. Um, like yeah. this is the thing that really shows that to us and to Anne, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, because there's only a couple months in between this and the start of season two. Yeah. And like, by the time we pick up season two, Anne and Gilbert's relationship will have completely changed. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of the ending of this? I think, I think it was good. Um, I think that because there was already another season coming, it was, like, a nice way to end it with, like, the reunion between Anne and Diana. Mm -hmm. Even though that's something that happens earlier in the book, I really like how this season centers Anne's friendships Mm-hmm. Especially her friendship with Diana, and that's the most important relationship for her. Yeah. Um, you know, like including her crush on Diana, like that is a thing, mm-hmm. and that is an aspect of this season. Um, and so yeah, like I love that her like reunion with Diana is the way it ends. I like the like not really cliffhanger but sort of cliffhanger of Mm -hmm. Gilbert gave up his position for you yeah like I think if it had only been a one season show I might feel differently yeah but again like because season two started so soon after this Mm -hmm. it feels really like a good a good season finale Mm -hmm. definitely yeah yeah I I I love this show a lot and I think that this these episodes are like a great uh ex- like proof of concept for the fact that like they really take these issues and like like turn them on their head it's like like and, and the the raspberry cordial incident like the same result like we said, the same result happens in the book and is no longer allowed to see Diana, but it becomes something that feels uh like a new thing. Um and so it doesn't feel like I'm just reading the like I might as well just be reading the book, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like they think about I feel like it's just a different adaptation choice where you like look more at the results or like fallout of things and then you like reverse engineer it almost like yeah like okay so the result is that mrs barry is has such an issue with Anne that diana can't see her anymore okay so what that would make sense with Anne's character is going to lead to that result mm-hmm. and so the situation is completely different but we get to the same place and that's not something that you get from other adaptations. Yeah. Where they tend to just sort of think about like, okay, so if this exact situation happened in a modern setting, what do we need to change? Or if you're Anne with an E and just come up with completely new situations. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I think that like Anne with an E is an interesting case um because like i think a lot of things it does are really good um like in terms of representation especially um Mm -hmm. like they have gay characters they have indigenous characters which is not something you ever see in period dramas ever um like their Anne has a a native friend and like that's Mm -hmm. not i've never seen that in anything um which is (laughs) bad that I haven't seen it in anything um but at the same time they kind of do the thing where like everyone has to suffer a lot because it's the 19th century um and I get that it's like a more realistic approach but it's not really the same story Mm -hmm. because the fact is that the whole thing with Anne is that she's had like a hard life like she's been through a lot she's had a hard existence and 
but she still is such a cheerful person. Yeah. And she still is such an imaginative person. And she uses her imagination to get through things. And she manages to, like, make this wonderful life for herself in Avonlea and later. And, like, it's it's a happy story, you know, of, like, someone who had a bad childhood having a good, like, teenage years and adulthood. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. Like, again, it's a choice. And of course, like, there are still bad things that happen in the Anne of Green Gables books, like Matthew dies, Ruby dies, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, people die. People get really sick and then don't die, like Minnie Mae and later Gilbert. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, like, I mean, Anne falling off a roof, like, that's... (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, And Mr. Phillips is a little bit creepy in the book, but then he leaves. And I think like Anne with an E really plays up the creepiness of Mr. Phillips and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like they take things that are already there and just really play them up to make Mm -hmm. it like darker and edgier. And I'm not saying that's an inherently bad thing. It's just that I don't like watching it as much um, because that's not really the story that I want from Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. Um, I think that like, it the the more like darkness and desperation sort of just fits a different type of 19th century story yeah like more dickens yeah 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 they're both about orphans dickens cannot write not write about an orphan yeah (laughs) every dickens protagonist has lost at least one parent (laughs) every single one um yeah why don't we do the fashion corner and then discuss some more things okay Cool. Fashion corner. Uh, I loved Anne at the poetry open mic in uh, her outfit, and she had like a little flower crown on. Uh, I in the same video we have a shot of Diana in this like floral dress. It's very cute. Um, Anne in in uh, well then uh, is wearing kind of a dress that's black at the top and red at the bottom, and has like white polka dots, so it looks kind of like a ladybug, and that's very cute. I have all three girls in Letter to Avonlea. All three girls in Letter to Avonlea 3. And then you, last time, added on um, Anne's dress with the jacket in Just Thought You Should Know and her outfit in Dull Life Update. What do you want to talk about? Um, well, do you have any more thoughts about the audience obsession with Gilbert? Um, it's just annoying. Like, the fact that the story about a young girl growing up, learning about herself, learning about, like, it's a coming-of-age story, and I don't think a coming-of-age story necessarily needs a romance. Yeah, Um, I agree. Like, the first two, the first Anne of Green Gables book is a coming-of-age story. By the time we get to the third book, it has become more of a romance. Yeah, Uh, but... We're just not there yet. The time will come to ship. You will be able to ship as much as you want. You will be able to ship... Starting in, like, season two, season three, you can start doing yeah. that. But my question is, like, why do people want it to be romantic already? Like, the good thing about that ship yeah. is that it's such a slow burn friends to lovers, enemies to friends to lovers, right? Yeah. And that's great. Like, how often we, do we get a slow burn that's across three books and, like, how many years of the characters' lives? Ten? Yeah. Obviously, in this show, it's not ten years, but in the books, it's a ten-year slow burn. Like, that is fantastic. And I just don't understand why you would want to jump, like, past all the other stuff, past the, like, her relationship with Diana, which is the most important one, or, like all the like shenanigans of the second book. Um, and like one reason the third book is so focused on romance is because of like when and where it was written. Yeah. Because like Ellen Montgomery herself had a lot of pressure to get married. I read her Wikipedia page the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, she had like a lot of pressure to get married and she like did have romances, but they weren't, 
like they they were all like not quite right or like something bad ended up happening or whatever mm-hmm. and she eventually did get married but it was like later after she'd already published the first couple and books um and so she wasn't like like that eager to like jump on having her protagonist get married immediately but she did like have this relationship that she was building up to and so it's a pretty central focus of the third book but it's not the only focus it's Mm -hmm. just that like that book's more focused on romance than any of the others um but yeah like it's like she had pressure to get married and so Anne has pressure to get married but doesn't like she only it only happens because there's like a genuine affection there and it's like something that happens organically and slowly despite everyone's attempts to like make things happen sooner or whatever yeah and like like, yeah it's at least it's not like little women where like she had to marry off joe but because she had no one to marry her off to, she came up with just, like, this rando. Right. It's not that at all. It's yeah. just that she, she like, I think thought of marriage as just, like, one aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the Anne books continue successfully after the third and fourth ones. Like, yeah. adult married Anne is still an interesting character who has a life and, like, is recognizably the same Mm -hmm. because like Ellen Montgomery didn't think that like things stop being interesting when you get married. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's super great. And obviously that's not something that we get in this show, which is totally fine. Yeah. Like, like this show leans into the romance more than the books do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the, the issue maybe, and I don't really want to call this an issue, but I think it sort of is, is that people, like, m- people are more familiar with the 1985 miniseries than they are with the books. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I think it's a very good adaptation. I think as, like, faithful period drama adaptations go, that's one of the best ones. Um, I think the acting's really good. I think Anne and Gilbert are really well cast. Um according to, like, their book descriptions. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, like, it's a good series. But it does kind of lean into the romance really hard, like, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And the sequel miniseries is very strange. I don't think you've seen it. I have not. Um, But it adapts, like... Just the oddest chunks of books two through four. Like it had, like the opening is all from book two with like the, like the cow escaping and like Mm -hmm. Diana and Fred and like various things that are in book two. And then somehow Anne like gets her BA, but it's not like we don't actually go to college. Like we don't see her going to college. So we don't meet any of the college characters. And then we skip straight to the book four plot where she's teaching at this like, like boarding school. And then the resolution to the whole thing is the end of book three. That's very strange. It's very strange. And so there's no Roy. There's a completely different character who's like Anne's love interest, but he like doesn't fulfill the same role. I I know this is, like, very off-topic. It's just interesting the way that people adapt the same story. And, like, in maybe in the mind of those people, the significant thing was that, like, Anne has a romance that she realizes isn't for her. Mm-hmm. But I think that what it is is that she realizes that, like, her romantic ideal is not reflective of reality yeah yeah okay and i think those are different something yeah i think gilbert and ann with an e is too handsome hmm yeah he's too handsome he too much like fits in the mold of like what ann's romantic ideal already is yeah like like it doesn't like i have not seen the whole show isn't it like in season two he goes off and lives on a boat for a while i think so yeah 
Uh, and like he's like kind of mysterious and like kind of like angsty. And so like that's not what Gilbert's supposed to be. Yeah, and I think that's another case of like Anne with an E being a good show. Yeah. I think it is good, but it made choices that make it deviate a lot from the yeah. like like the vibe of the source material, not just the text, but like the energy of it. And that's fine because like the that miniseries is a very accurate adaptation of the first season. And I personally am completely uninterested in other accurate adaptations of the first book because I just don't think you need to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. Like if you're going to do an adaptation, it should be new. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that Anne with a knee does that, but I also agree that like there's, there's a couple things that are too different. Yeah. And Gilbert is maybe one of them. What I mean when I say Gilbert's too handsome is like, like you, you see him and you're immediately like, oh, that's Anne's love interest, you know? Yeah. Whereas I feel like you gotta make Gilbert kind of a goofy guy. Yeah. Like, like I love that. Well, we're get we're gonna get to this next time, but I love that like the first time we see Gilbert like for real in this show, he's wearing like jean shorts and a baseball cap. <laughs> yes, I love that. And the first time he's like really in. Like, we see him talking. I think he's going to be, like, like in his, like, hipster outfit. He's wearing, like, suspenders. <laughs> yeah, like, he's he's a dork. Yeah. He's a nerd. He's a hipster. Like, he's <laughs> not some, like, tall, dark, and handsome whatever. Like, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's more, like, I don't know. He's... Just a different sort of character, but, and he's like a romantic ideal in a different way. And that's like someone who really cares about you and who you like connect with on a deep emotional level and have a lot of things in common with. Like that's a different romantic ideal than the one that like Roy presents in the books. I just had a thought. What? Gilbert is the bisexual woman's romantic ideal. Ooh. I think you're right. Where, like, I feel like Gilbert and Anne with an E is, like, the straight woman's romantic ideal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so weird. That's so odd. I just I just got big-brained. <laughs> A galaxy <laughs> brain moment for me. Yes, it is. Anyway. Huh. <laughs> now that we've gone off on that tangent, um, we told you this would be yes. a weird one. We told you we'd be goofy <laughs> on this one. Yes, we did. Um, I think... Okay, I guess I have just more random adaptation thoughts. Um, Okay. Which is that at the, just like the timeline of things is different in the books, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, they like finish high school and then are at Queens for a whole year. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's another two years in between that and actually going to college because after... Matthew dies and gives up the Avery scholarship mm-hmm. and decides to to teach and like make the money for college and like keep up like through correspondence um mm-hmm. like the the equivalent of starting your degree online and then transferring somewhere in person mm-hmm. yeah um and Gilbert does the same thing um so they're like study buddies which they're going to be in this show as well but she doesn't give up the Avery scholarship in this one yeah um yeah and I think it's in part because they made her like an 11th grader in this season season two she'll be a 12th grader and season three she'll be in college yeah so it's just easier to just have her get that yeah scholarship and then it carry through into we assume season three it doesn't really come up but like we know that, like, her college is going to be paid for. Yeah. Oh, I guess just the, you know, Matthew's death is such a tragedy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing that it's, or, like, not amazing, that's a bad word for it, but, like, the fact that it's still so much of a tragedy in this series when we never see Matthew Mm -hmm. is... Just really a testament to Laura's acting ability, I think. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. She's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just want to 
because I haven't gushed about her at all this week, um, say again that Laura is so good in this always. Mm -hmm. Um, Deserved to win awards when that was a thing that was happening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Never did. Okay. So next week we will be back with season two. We will be watching uh, episodes for season two, episodes one through ten, which is actually only nine videos. Uh, yeah, episode seven does not exist. Um, I don't think it ever existed. Uh, if it did, it doesn't now. Um, yeah. it, it's not just missing from the playlist. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So episodes one through ten, nine videos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you find your podcasts. Uh, Trump's out. That's great. Yeah, we're getting rid of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, <laughs> Destiel Cannon. Also I don't Destiel care, but Cannon. it's funny. It's like, very funny. This, w- this has been the weirdest week. It's so <laughs> strange. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.